Criticism of Springbok methods in the wake of three consecutive defeats in the Castle Lager Rugby Championship here in Australia has been rife. But no one feels the disappointment more acutely than the players and the management themselves. Springbok vice-captain and fly-half Andre Pollard said after the agonising defeat to the All Blacks in Townsville last weekend, they are determined to finish this tour on a high with victory in the Gold Coast on Saturday. It was heartbreaking, but... I thought the guys showed an unbelievable fight and great intent. So, and physically, we pitched up the best I felt this whole year. So, very, very sad that we couldn't get the win. But I mean, that's actually just driving us this week. We know if we just improve five percent in every department, there's no reason we can't beat them. We trust that our game plan and the process absolutely 100%. Um, we are very hard on ourselves in terms of our kicking game, and I think we could. We, could, we can be more accurate than we were last week, although it went our way a few times and we did well. I think we chase very, very high standards when it comes to that because we know that's probably the biggest part of our game. So, um, yeah, looking forward to this week. If we can just execute a bit better, um, yeah, we're going to get more opportunities. Wing Cheslin Colby returned to full training on Monday and it was hoped that he would be available for this week's game. However, he picked up another niggle on Tuesday and so the Springbok back division remains the same as it has done all tour with Zbou and Corsi on the right wing. I mean, we've got a lot of confidence in each other in the backs and I mean, Zbou's just slotted in and just been brilliant for us and uh, very happy he's got an opportunity and he's got another one this weekend. So. 100% faith in all the, all the guys at the back. Um, we're going we're gonna to go out there, leave everything on the pitch and we'll see what happens. Although played in Townsville last week, the clash against New Zealand was deemed to be the All Blacks' home game where they used their own Adidas ball. This week it's back to the Gilbert and there's certainly a difference for the kickers with the two balls. Most of all plays with Gilberts and uh, New Zealand's only team that really still plays with the Eddies. So I, I really enjoy it. I think it's a, it's a great ball, very nice ball that kicks. So I enjoyed it a lot. Um, haven't played it with the Eddie ball for quite some time, so it was good. And I mean, the, the balls make a bit of difference. Um, just the colours and all of that, it's, it's simple stuff, but it, it does make a little bit of a difference. But luckily you prepare the whole week with your game ball and by the time the game comes along, you are good and yeah, you're ready to go. Despite not securing a victory on this tour, the reality is that the Springboks were one kick in the Gold Coast and one kick in Townsville away from being two out of three and going into this weekend with the possibility of winning the rugby championship. That's how small the margins are in Test Rugby and Pollard says he and the rest of his teammates are determined to be on the other side of the result this weekend. That's the margins and that's why Test Match Rugby is so brilliant, you know. You've got to be absolutely at your best every single time, otherwise you're not going to get the results. So it's, it's utterly disappointing, but it also drives us, you know. We know, we know we're close and we trust our process. Um, there's, a, there's a bigger picture in this. We can learn a lot from this going forward and hopefully we can just end the tour in a positive and get the win and, and head back home. Round six of the Castle Lager Rugby Championship will come to life at the Seabus Stadium where Australia will once again face Argentina and South Africa will be looking for a positive result when they take on the All Blacks. The Mpumalanga Rhinos won the toss and chose to bowl first in their CSA Provincial T20 knockout Pool B clash in Bloemfontein, reduced to 17 overs per side because of rain. The Titans got off to a disastrous start with Neil Brunt run out for one in the opening over. Dean Alger was next to go. The skipper caught in the deep off the bowling of John Henriksen for seven. Gian Clouty soon followed suit, caught off a Levuyo and Kese delivery for ten. 
before the rain returned and the players were forced from the field. The break was significant and when the teams returned the overs had been reduced even further to seven per side. While Jivashen Pillay fell quickly looking for quick runs, Sibonella Makanya and Donovan Ferreira delivered some lusty blows to take their side to a competitive 66 for 4 in their 7. The Rhinos' target had been revised to 70 from 7 and they got off to a confident reply with Alexander Koch and Ruben Hermann hammering a quick-fire 39 between them before Koch was run out for 16 in the third over. That sparked a massive collapse for the Rhinos who lost four wickets in the space of 10 balls as the Titans fought back brilliantly. The Rhinos' wickets continued to tumble with the superb Aaron Pangiso wrapping things up with the scalp of Jared Alder as the Titans pulled off a nail-biting nine-run victory to stay alive in the competition. With the likes of Riley Rousseau and Farhan Behardin on the team, the ITEC Knights headed into their CSA T20 Provincial Knockout competition match against the Hollywood Bets Tuskers as the outright favourites at the Mangaung Oval. Let's play. The Tuskers won the toss and elected to bowl first up, with a couple of early wickets coming their way when Mangaliso Mosesle was run out on just four. Fellow opener Jacques Neyman made his way to the shed soon after that when he was caught behind by wicketkeeper Tsepang Ditole. Protea Riley Rousseau then came to the crease and got the Knights innings underway when he smashed five fours as well as two sixes to reach 67 or 47 before being caught by Delport off the bowling of Tulangobo. Assisting Rousseau was Farhan Behardin who knocked his way to an undefeated 54 of just 42 balls to help set the Knights up to a total of 154 from their 20. In response, the Tuskers got off to a promising start when Cameron Delport made 18 off just 9 deliveries before being caught by Kutsir. From there on out, however, the required run rate began to creep out of range for the Tuskers, who lost steady wickets throughout their chase before being finally bowled out for 120, giving the Knights a bonus point 34 run win. In the air he goes, oh he's going to be caught, straight to deep mid-wicket, here's the catch, taken easily. The Knights win, they win comfortably, but importantly for the home side, they have now won with a bonus point. The CSA Provincial T20 knockout competition continues, with the Tuskers taking on the Titans, while the Rhinos face the Knights. Both matches taking place in Bloemfontein, and you can catch it live on your World of Champions. Royal Challengers Bangalore won the toss and elected to bowl first in their IPL clash against the struggling Rajasthan Royals in Dubai. Rajasthan got off to a superb start, with openers Evan Lewis and Yashasvi Jaiswal cracking 77 runs for the first wicket, before the latter was dismissed by Dan Christian for 31. Lewis went on to reach his half-century, but was out two overs later, falling to George Garton for 58. The Royals' lineup then collapsed like a house of cards, with Yuzvendra Shahal and Harshal Patel, the chief destroyers. The pair grabbed five wickets between them to help restrict their opponents to 149 for nine in their 20. RCB openers Virat Kohli and Devdat Padikal responded well, putting 48 runs together before Padikal was dismissed by Mustafa Zia Rahman for 22. Skipper Kohli was next to go 
are to some fielding brilliance from Rian Parag. Ooh, directed is what he needed, and he's got one. But is it good enough? Is it good enough to get rid of Virat Kohli? Now, could that be the Dream 11 game changer of the match? This is huge. This is massive. Virat Kohli gone for 25, 58 for 2 RCB. That allowed Stricker Barat and Glenn Maxwell to take control, the pair dominating the Rajasthan attack. And while Barat eventually fell for 44, it mattered little, as Maxwell took his side over the line with ease, scoring a superb undefeated half century, as RCB cruised an emphatic seven-wicket victory with 17 balls remaining. I thought we played really well. Obviously, they got off to an absolute fly, but to bring it back the way we did in those last 10 overs was outstanding and felt like we controlled the tempo of the innings and we were able to, to I suppose, take it as deep as possible as we needed to. Indian Premier League action continues with the Sunrisers Hyderabad taking on the Chennai Super Kings in Sharjah. And you can follow the match live on your World of Champions. European Tour action continues on your World of Champions as the next stop will be at the home of golf, the old course at St Andrews for the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship. You can follow every shot live on your World of Champions. Mohit Mihidrata shot a one under par 71 on the third day of the Safari Tour at the Sigona Golf Club course to stay top of the leaderboard on eight under and is followed by Edwin Inana who is four shots back despite a brilliant eight under for the day. Alfred Nandwana dropped from second place to fourth and sits alongside Zimbabwean Robson Chinoy. Yeah, decent outing today. Um, good ball striking display. Gave myself a lot of opportunities. Um, just didn't hold as many putts as I had the other two days. But uh, nonetheless, I'll take it. Uh, very good day and uh, hopefully hold a few more putts tomorrow. Before we win, it's not going to be easy. Um, I just got to stick to what I'm doing. I'm in a very good space, mentally, technically, physically as well. So yeah, just uh, go out there and do what I've done for the past three days and the rest should take care of itself. Having made the cut on the number, I told myself it's, this is a course that I've always played well. So the round was going on well. Started on the front nine, got uh, uh, about five buddies and two bogeys, turned at three under. Then on the back nine, I went four straight buddies from 10 to 14, made a par on 14, then 15, I made an ego, dropped a shot on 16, as I was minus nine. Then I made two pars on the closing two holes. 
Well, uh, the outing was not very good for me today. I started a bit slow on the first nine. I picked a double somewhere on number six. That slowed me, slowed me down a bit. Uh, three parted on number four. Was going for an ego. Three parted, made par. Then that put me a bit off. But then after that, back nine I picked it up. Played one under. So finally I finished uh, three over today. Hoping tomorrow I'll, I'll, I'll improve. Today I played 70, 200 par. I uh, started from front nine. I played a bogey free round, 300 par, going back nine, where I played one over par. I just said um, some mistakes on, on two holes, number 13 and number 15, where I three parted from. My green in regulation today was, was very good. I only missed one green, number six. But the bogeys I made today was just for three parted. Top seed at the Chicago Fall Tennis Classic and world number six, Elina Svitolina, opened her campaign in the tournament with an encounter against American Amanda Anasimova on Wednesday. It was the fourth meeting between the two, with the Ukrainian having won two of the previous three occasions. She drew first blood by breaking for a 3-2 lead, but then was quickly reeled in when the American broke back. Svitolina had the last word in the opener, though, converting 100% of her breaks in the set to take a 6-4. Svitolina kept the American under pressure and seemed to finally snap her resistance with a break for a 3-2 lead in the second set. A third service break for the top seed in the set sealed the win as Svitolina advanced to the next round in straight sets. It's uh, been a short one year. <laughs> now it's been um, uh, actually uh, really quick. The time went really quick and I'm really happy uh, that I chose to come back and uh, definitely with the win today as well. Stage two of the Crow Race. All riders take on 187 kilometers of tar from Sloon to Antajat. The day saw an early seven rider breakaway reeled in before the peloton was all together, with 12 kilometers remaining. Teams battled for position on tight roads into the finish, and Jumbo Visma expertly led out Olaf Koy down the final straight. The 19-year-old made his move with around 200 meters to go. Bauhaus in there, it's all guns blazing for the line. Everyone puts the hammer down, and we can have an upset here in Otter Chat. Right across, stretched across the road, and who's going to take it? Olaf Koy of Jumbo Visma who wins it in Otterchats. What a victory for the youngster from Holland. Today was already a bit harder than yesterday with up and down and uh, yeah after yesterday second place we, uh, we really wanted to get that win and the team supported me really well throughout the day so I'm really happy uh, to take the win here and uh, yeah for the next stages there will be some hard stages also. Uh, we have some good guys for the GC, so uh, yeah, we will give our best every day. Crow Race action continues with the 167-kilometer third stage taking place in Croatia. Followed live on your World of Champions.